You're traveling through another dimension. A dimension comprised of knowledge, opinions, and entertainment. A journey on a virtual information highway into a wondrous land whose boundaries are more distant than the outer reaches of the Twitter sphere. Your next stop, the Trend Zone. Hello and welcome to the Trend Zone. Casey Mallon here with Dave Hewitt. And each week of the Football Radio Show, we give you our expert insight, analysis, and opinions on the top trending stories in the NFL. Dave, are you ready, my brother? I'm ready! Oh, you must have dominated on Monday Night Football this week. <laughs> Still feeling it, man. <laughs> all right, all right. Our next stop is the Trend Zone in today's episode. We'll talk some more brutal injuries, Thursday night sky camp, the never-ending Zeke saga, our survival picks, and of course, fantasy go-back starts of the week, and we're going to preview biggest games coming up this week in the NFL, but Dave, yeah, can't do anything without dishing the nugs, brah, lay it on me. Dude, it's a pretty sweet season going here for certainly uh, for a handful of these teams, seven of them currently have an active winning streak of at least four games, and that's led by the Eagles and Saints, who've each won seven in a row. But the wow. Patriots and Vikes, dude, also riding five-game winning streaks, and you got the Rams, Steelers, and Titans on four-game winning streaks, dude. And the Saints, they started 0-2, Casey. It's only the second team in the Super Bowl era to win seven games straight after going 0-2, dude. Amazing, amazing season for these Saints. Yeah, you said the second team to accomplish the feat. Right. Is that correct, Dave? Yeah, I did say that, Casey. Yeah, I wonder who yeah, the other one was. How about my 1993 Dallas Cowboys? <laughs> they didn't have Emmett to start the season. They decided to pay him a whole bunch of cash, and that paid off because they went on to win the Super Bowl. So Nice. Uh, the Saints had a couple running backs. They ditched one after a few weeks, so I don't know. Maybe it's a sign. Wow, and it's pay- it seems to have panned out as the smaller running back stable there has really produced Ingram with some huge numbers and Kamara playing exceptionally well uh, as a rookie campaign right now. Pretty exciting. Yeah, when's the last time the Saints put up 47 points and Drew Brees didn't have a passing touchdown, dude? That tells you what those backs are doing. No doubt, dude. I think they had six rushing touchdowns. Insane, insane rushing game for the Saints. Wow. All right, Dave, let's get into it, brother. We talked about it, man. Injuries all over the league in Week 10 was particularly brutal. Yeah, man. It was uh, obviously the Arizona Cardinals suffering already with Carson Palmer uh, out out for a spell here, and uh, it was Stanton uh, hurting his knee. Now uh, it looks like Blaine Gabbert uh, might be the guy going for these Cardinals moving forward. They're having a tough season in terms of the injury bug, certainly at the primary positions there. Uh, but uh, no no ruling yet necessarily on Stanton. He still could be able to go, but uh, if not, then Blaine Gabbert's the guy. Fire it up in Zona. Yeah, dude, you throw it out. <laughs> To Washington, man. Yeah. They put Rob Kelly, the running back, on IR because of the ankle and the knee. And yeah. you know how I know, Dave, because I picked him up last week in fantasy. <laughs> you killed him. He didn't get me just a couple of points. Spoiler alert, we're going to be talking about that in a few minutes. But the Skins made a bevy of other roster moves. They also put linebacker Will Compton on IR. Brutal. Yeah. And how about the Browns? Like, I guess they their season's not going well. And they also had to uh, place... That's the uh, first I'm hearing about it. Yeah, exactly. Coming up a little short here and there, uh, linebacker Jamie Collins, one of their best guys with a uh, 
MCL on injured reserve. That ends his season officially. Yeah, and really the only bad news coming out of Monday night for the Carolina Panthers, they got to shut down Curtis Samuel, the receiver. Um, he's going to IR due to an ankle injury, and that that will end his season. Yeah, and then the Seahawks, dude. This is a team, uh, obviously, well, yeah, that, that's really struggling with the injury bug now, uh, especially on the back end of that defense. They uh, place cornerback Richard Sherman with the Achilles uh, on the injured reserve list. He's done. Uh, CJ Procise, uh, the former Notre Damer, also on injured reserve. And uh, they signed, uh, obviously, veteran corner Byron Maxwell to try and fill the, ga- the, the hole there uh, in the back end for the Legion of Boom, man. Got to right. got to put it together. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, they got wrecked in that Thursday night game. Yeah. Well, speaking of Thursday night game, Dave, this week on um, the Steelers Titans game is gonna look brand new and futuristic, bro. They're doing that <laughs> sky cam angle. That's the camera that is behind all the action, and uh, we've seen them flirt with this the last couple of weeks. I think it's a it's a pretty cool thing they got going on here. Yeah, I think it was based on that the fact that during that foggy game in New England a handful of weeks back, uh, they had to go to this angle uh, much more so than they normally do, and the response was pretty good from people. Uh, kind of had that uh, Madden feel, Casey. I know you're right. a, a Madden fan, uh, but uh, so I think that based on that interesting reaction from the people, an unexpected reaction, they decided, hey, let's go ahead and. Uh, do a little something fun here and unique and see if we feature that angle uh, quite a bit more, uh, what, you know, what, what we're going to look at. I think it's going to be neat. I think it's going to be fun. You know, it's kind of like the L22s, but not quite. Yeah, it's going to be rad, especially watching these two running teams um, go at it so much. But for all you people that, you want to get out of my lawn, little fuddy-duddies, don't <laughs> worry. On third downs, they're still going to go to the regular, and they're not going to go exclusive with the Sky Cam, but they are going to go heavy. I think it's neat. It's going to look different, and I think that's going to be a good thing. Yeah, definitely. When I first heard of it, I was like, hell yeah. I, you know, it's something. Change it up. You know, Thursday night's the night to do it, right? I mean, let's have some fun. Yeah, Dave, we're working on this back quarter of the season. Start, haven't started flexing games out yet, but the NFL is tweaking the schedules just a little bit, and that's a good thing. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, this uh, Saints at, at the Rams game, was initially going to be a 405 start, and that was sort of the regional kind of coverage deal. Now they're uh, pushing that one back to 425. Two teams on uh, winning streaks here, two teams in the NFC that are on a collision course maybe, uh, and certainly a destination playoff uh, situation here. This is going to be a heck of a football game uh, with the Saints and the Rams, and that one's apparently going to be sort of available now to a large portion of the nation. So good job uh, getting that one right, NFL giving the people what they want. Yeah, Dave, if it was up to me, I'd start that thing at 420. That's just me. That's just me. <laughs> I did hear that next week, Casey, it's not a 420 start, but I do believe they are pushing uh, a Rams game out of the 10 o'clock slot and into the 1 o'clock slot or, or something like that. They're going to start massaging some of those the schedule moving forward to make sure that we can get some primetime action uh, from some of the most exciting football games uh, available. So that's good stuff. Yeah, good on the NFL. And, you know, on the West Coast, we love more afternoon games, man. That morning gets a little bit crowded. Yeah, no doubt. It can kind of get a little lonely in the afternoon with just two or three games. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Case, uh, I got to get to you. You're our uh, resident uh, guy on the on the job here. What is the Zeke situation? It's on again. It's off again with suspension. Now it's officially on. Um, 
it would give us the update on uh, the Ezekiel Elliott suspension situation. The crisis. Well, if, it was, <laughs> if it was up to me, I'd prefer it to be off again. The Cowboys <laughs> a different team when he's out there. Um, Zeke is definitely on the suspension tip. Now, on December 1st, he's going to um, have his appeal for regarding the denial of the preliminary injunction. That's December 1st. That's still a few games away, so that's not helping us right now. So mm-hmm. um, word is he's out of the country training. No word if he went to Siberia and is running on those, you know, the big log like Sly did in Rocky <laughs> Four. That might be what's going on. I don't I'm know. I'm sure that's but, happening. Uh, <laughs> you know, hopefully the boys are still in the mix when he gets back. But as we saw last week against Atlanta, um, you can have 12 running backs and they don't equal Zeke. So yeah. um, this is a brutal loss for the Cowboys. And I know Zeke wanted to clear his name, but everybody got to be wondering, maybe should have just taken that thing at yeah. the beginning, gotten it out of the way, and then fought it in the courts later. Um, yeah, it uh, wasn't pretty last week. Yeah, no doubt about it, dude. I, I, I kind of think that they might have played their hand wrong here. Uh, the NFL tends to prevail in the long run here, and now missing Zeke during the stretch, especially the Thanksgiving game coming up when it's all Cowboys. Oh, wait a minute. They're playing my Chargers. Uh, Ooh, could, how could, convenient. <laughs> it's a little too late for the Chargers maybe to swing it around, but obviously uh tough situation for this Cowboys team uh, right there in a, in a real tough situation uh, in this playoff run, kind of playoff push time of the season to not have uh, arguably one of their best players, no question. Um, Casey, we'll go ahead and move this forward into the survivor slash three strikes pool area. Um, last week, dude, um, an amazing thing happened where 98.5% of the people were correct in their survivor picks in Yahoo. Wow. I mean, that's unbelievable, dude. Yeah, because everybody's finally starting to listen to me. What I say, pick against Cleveland every week. <laughs> right. The only dumbass not smart enough to do that was me. And here I sit dead, dude. Yeah. I'm dead. That brings me to my pick from last week, Casey, which was Detroit over Cleveland. <laughs> that was actually nearly 73% of the people uh, made that selection. I guess if you didn't make that selection, you were one of those guys that picked Detroit previously and did not have them as an option at that point in time. Yeah, the most popular incorrect pick was the uh, the Bears over Green Bay, but that was less than 1%. And moving on to, to this week, uh, everybody's loving the Chiefs over the Giants, Jags over the Browns, there it is, or the Patriots over the Raiders. If you still have the Patriots, um, right. you're playing this game pretty well, dude. Yeah, and if you still have the, the Patriots there, or I guess that means you've taken the, the Chiefs and the Jags already because taking the Patriots over Raiders. That seems a little sketchy with the Raider team that needs that win. All right, Dave, let's <laughs> do it, man. The people love it. It's our go back fantasy starts of the week, dude. Yeah, last week um, I did have a pretty nice performance as I came in second place uh, overall in our league and won my game handily. But I did have Melvin Gordon on uh, the squad there on uh, on the field, and he only got a 4.2. Latavius Murray on my bench got a 12.8. That difference of 8.6 would have propelled me from third place to second place. I actually came in third by uh, 14 hundredths of a point, which pisses me off, Pauly. But uh, this mistake would have uh, got me into second place, not to first, though. Unfortunately, Cam Newton handled that. Yeah, Cam blew it up. He killed me in my other league, too. But as far as our league, not much I could have done. Um, 
I did have Aaron Rodgers until I lost him to what looks like a season injury injury. And I did have Ezekiel Elliott until um, what happened to be his on again, off again, on again, off again, on again, off again suspension. So um, there's not much that I could have done to make that go away. Um, like I said, I had Rob Kelly, but he um, got <laughs> hurt. And I had Darren McFadden, who got me a negative point two. And I had Adrian Peterson, who got me at two point two. So Dave, I was on. I had a lot of guys on by last week, so there wasn't much I could have done. I take my lumps, and I'm yeah. moving forward. And hopefully, this week will be better for me. Yeah, well, Adrian Peterson's on the uh, huge score, no score, huge score, no score pattern. So you're due for a huge score there. Just don't pick up any of uh, uh, Charger running backs. He's uh, Eckler is the guy. The uh, Hot commodity there with two touchdowns last weekend. Stay away from him, Casey. Okay, I'm looking to pick up some Eagles this week. <laughs> okay, Dad, try and put those guys in, in jeopardy. Put those guys in harm's way, man. <laughs> oh, Dave, we got some rocking games going this week, brother. Get us started. All right, dude, it's the uh, Tennessee Titans at the Pittsburgh Steelers. This one obviously uh, panning out to be a very pivotal game uh, with playoff implications. Pittsburgh at home, favored by seven. Yeah, man, uh, you know, Tennessee's really, uh, they got a, a nice, grimy win last week. Marcus Mariota, he's um, looking a lot better. He had 51 rush yards last week, and that one where he just got around the corner went downfield. Yeah. They're also um, starting to get contributions finally out of Corey Davis. That dude is back from injury. He had, uh, he had a nice game despite that uh, fumble that went out of the end zone. But Dave, this team, um, they like to run the ball. And, uh, they have Dick LeBeau as their defensive coordinator. It seems to me he came from, um, a certain team that, <laughs> oh yeah, the Stillers. <laughs> it's the big game of the Titans, man. They're, they're going to be put to the test. Absolutely, dude. And when you, anytime you go into Pittsburgh and play a, a, a game kind of towards the latter portion of the season here that has, like I said, playoff implications, it becomes a huge home field advantage for these Steelers, those terrible towels flying. Both these teams come into this game with a four game winning streak. Both these teams really starting to come together nicely after some time periods in the early portion of the season that weren't they weren't really totally together but a 7 and 2 Steelers team a 6 and 3 Titans team uh this one is going to be a lot of fun and you mentioned it with um Mariota really seeming to be fully healthy again that uh, really the three-headed monster at running with Henry uh and Murray there uh, you know and they finally got uh my former fantasy guru uh the uh veteran receiver who am I looking for Casey Decker Decker Back into the action, he finally got in the end zone, uh, and 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 the the rookie receiver also coming along here. This this offense is coming together. The defense plays strong. They love to be physical up front with their offensive line. This is going to be a fun football game. Yeah, Demarco Murray had three touchdowns last week. He's going to look to try to keep that going, but that's tough, dude, because these Steelers have been playing a lot better defense as of late here. But yep. big Ben, different quarterback at home, um, had ninety eight plus passer rating and seven of. Eight eight at home and in his last four home games nine tds and uh 107.5 pass rating so um a different quarterback they're trying to get i guess he's not retiring uh, well not this week dave when he goes back <laughs> on the road they're gonna try and uh looking to get uh martavis bryant added into that um receiving core but they got a couple dudes out there 
that are just balling anyway. Yeah, no, no doubt. Juju Schuster, the rookie uh, sensation, you know, he's put together a handful of weeks in a row where he's shown that he's a legitimate uh, NFL caliber receiver. Uh, yeah, and if they do get Martavis a little more happy, he did, I think, pick up a two-pointer last week. Get that uh, dude gruntled. Get him back to being gruntled again. And obviously, Le'Veon Bell, uh, you know, just a phenomenal performer there. So, yeah, this team, arguably, if they put it all together, is one of the most talented offenses uh, in the league, too. All right, up next, Dave, we've got Washington at New Orleans, and the Saints are seven-and-a-half-point favorites at home. Yeah, man, and obviously we talked about the Saints coming into this thing, uh, but let's start this thing off with the Redskins, man. Uh, You know, the Redskins coming off, uh, of a loss, and uh, I thought that that they had kind of like a spot last week where they could have really taken a step in the right yeah. direction to uh, to secure their playoff berth. They slipped back a little bit, and now they face themselves on the road against the streaking uh, Saints football team right now. This is going to be a wild crowd, uh, but this Washington team, like you said, losing Rob Kelly, uh, it's going to be Samaj P. Ryan and uh, Thompson in the backfield there, uh, you know, carrying the rock. And, and they, they really hit, they still haven't fully, fully hit on all cylinders offensively like they can, uh, you know. But, but wow, the, the way the Saints are playing, they're going to have to crank out some points. Yeah, you mentioned that Washington offense. Chris Thompson leading the team in receiving. That's not too good Mm-mm. because they paid uh, Terrell Pryor money to come over there, and this guy has been MIA, dude. I got no kidding. Him in my other league, like Me in the too. sixth round, and I was like, ah, oh, great, but um, he's long gone, dude. He's not done anything for these guys. Bonuses, Josh Doxon's starting to come along. He's finally healthy, and they're they're showing you all the reasons they were excited about him, but they got to figure out a way to get more out of that pass game. And, uh, you know, it's injuries all around. Jordan Reed, dude, this guy is a playmaker when he's in there, but he's just not on the field. That's okay, dude. If you don't have Reed, you're lucky to have VD. And that VD (laughs) has been burning opponents. Boom. So, So, uh, Washington's got to find that offense. You mentioned it, dude. They lost an opportunity last week to really get a big win against a quality NFC opponent. That didn't happen. And bad news for them, it's not getting any easier this week when they go down to New Orleans, who is probably playing the best, some of the best football in the NFL. Yeah, absolutely. And like, we talked about the Saints briefly, so we can just retouch it again. Uh, obviously, I don't know how many weeks in a row Drew Brees had a touchdown pass. He did not. They scored forty something points last week. He did not have one. That's a good thing, unbelievably, because of the way that ground game is really taken off. Um, the Saints team is a, a is a different squad, and that's a good thing because the Saints have been lighting up the uh, passing game for the last three seasons in a row and going seven and nine. This is a different squad, and they they're a more dynamic and more balanced offense. They're playing better defense. They're playing average defense compared to cruddy defense, and that's paying off for them big time. That's why this Saints team is on this tear right now, and uh, they are looking strong. Yeah, and they were taking care of the ball, too, in the seven-game win streak. Drew Brees, 10 TDs, just four INTs. But you mentioned it, that run game, dude. They set the uh, franchise record last week with six TDs. Damn. Mark Ingram had three of those bad boys. His past five at home, just under 500 scrimmage yards and five TDs. So that's pretty good. You throw Alvin Kamara into that mix, dude. This is a lethal one-two punch. Michael yeah. Thomas doesn't seem like it, but he's third in the NFL with receptions, just under 60. 
And one week, Ted Ginn Jr. is great, and one week he disappears. We'll find out what's going on this week. But, man, that Saints team is really playing well, and they love it in front of that who dat nation down there. So, man, this is going to be a fun game. Skins teetering on the edge. And the Saints, man, they're in that mix for, you know, maybe the one seed, but definitely a two seed in the NFC, man. That's a tough place if the playoffs go through there. All right, dude, up next is a pretty awesome football game. It is the New uh, New England Patriots on the road, really on the road, as they head all the way out of the country, not to Oakland, but further to Mexico City to play the Raiders. Patriots on the road here, big time, favored by six and a half. Fun football game. It's going to be a huge crowd there. Dude, and these Patriots, man, as bad as they looked early on, mm-hmm. like all that stuff is gone, all the injuries they've had, just couldn't get it going. And they're sitting here looking like one of the most dominant teams at 7-2 and two in the NFL. I mean, it helps when you have Tom Brady back there. Tommy. Tommy. This guy <laughs> is kicking butt, dude. Since he came back from his uh, four-game uh, vacation last year, 47 TD passes to just four interceptions. Wow. He doesn't make the mistake. It doesn't matter who's out there. He's doing it with receivers, you know, you haven't really heard of. And um, this is just such an impressive team. They went in there and they smashed the Broncos last week. They stayed in Denver so they could get adjusted mm. to the high altitude in Mexico City, dude. So um, this team usually plays better than you. This team usually coaches better than you. Yeah, um, it's hard to find anything bad about it. Remember how bad that defense was a few weeks ago? Oh, awful. That's the thing of the past. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, uh, that defense was awful for the first four weeks, and then from that point on, they make oh yeah, these are the Patriots again. They are out coaching you, like you said, uh, and Tom Brady uh, managed to keep them uh, level even through that terrible defensive spell. But they're playing better. A lot better as a team now. They're on a five-game winning streak at 7-2. Uh, this Raider team really hit the skids there for a little while. Then they got the big win uh, against Kansas City. That rejuvenated them. They took a step back again. Then that, Now they've won another one. So this Raider team is sort of hit and miss right now. But at 4-5, and five, uh, this is a pivotal game for these Raiders right now. Chiefs are uh, have a two-game lead on them in the division. They're either going to have a chance at the AFC West or they're not. And then they're going to be scrapping for that wild card. This is a big pivotal moment for this Raider squad. Um, if they put together uh, a game that is, you know, a, a mistake-free football game is what you need here when you're playing against uh, a Tom Brady-led football game team. So, um, yeah, they're going to have to play exceptionally well. Yeah, I know who's got to really step it up is Amari Cooper, dude. Besides the one game that he went off and the 200-plus yards and two touchdowns, yeah, he's not really done much other than that. Too, way too many drops. Michael Crabtree's really been the guy there, man, the veteran leader. He's been a nice um, target there for Derek Carr. And they added Jared Cook in, dude. Last week had eight catches, 126 yards or before the bye against the Dolphins. He's been a nice fit in that Oakland offense there, but Derek Carr coming back from injuries really played well, dude. He's going to have to be on point to beat these Patriots in Mexico City, man. No doubt. They're going to need all their players on board and Crabtree as well. Uh, Who who knows if they can uh, put together a ground game too, to sort of, uh, you know, just to possess the football a little bit and kind of control the the clock on that end. uh, Because that's one of the things they're going to need to do in order to, um, 
you know, to, to keep the ball away from Tom Brady. You know, Tom Brady and those guys, they, they love to just kind of control the game uh, with their offense. And uh, if the Raiders want to win this one, they're going to need to do a little clock management. They're going to need to control, I think, possession a little bit and make sure that they are the team dictating the pace of the football game. Yeah, good luck with that, Raiders. Yeah. All right, up next, it's our Los Angeles Rams <sighs> at the Minnesota Vikings. And Minnesota's favored by two and a half at home, don't you know? <laughs> and rightfully so. Uh, but both of these two teams come into the, this game at 7-2, and two, dude. And um, both of them come in with exceptional winning streaks. Nine games between the two of them. Five wins for the Vikings and four for the Rams. So both of these teams red hot right now. And the, I believe the Rams are still the highest scoring team in the league. And they're going against arguably the best defense in the league in the Vikings. So we are going to see something's going to give here. Um, the, the Rams also play pretty good football on the other side. And Case Keenum uh, has been playing exceptionally well for the Vikings. So we'll see on the side of the Rams uh, defensively what, they, what they're going to bring to this equation. Can they match the defensive excellence that the Vikings are going to bring. Because I, the way it looks is this this Rams offense puts points on the board, you know, no matter what. They just seem to be cranking right now. Goff is killing it. Um, he's one of the top fantasy, uh, top fantasy guys. Goff is like a top 10 fantasy guy. So, yeah. I mean. Guy who wasn't good enough to play for Jeff Fisher last year. Yeah. So and he mentioned you, it. Did, did. Yeah, they're right under 33 points a game, the highest scoring offense in the league, and they're passing on all the eye tests now. You mentioned that defense. I'm finally getting contributions in the wideout. Guess what? You get Robert Woods in there, man. They're not doing Big this uh, gadget stuff that they've had to do in the past with Tavon Austin, with Woods, Cup, and Sammy Watkins. They have a bona fide uh, receiving core there. Oh, and then we get to the running back Todd Gurley, who's just <laughs> destroying it. What a yeah. bounce back here. This will be the nice eye test for me because they passed everything so far. Let's see how they do when they go into the one a tough place to play on the road. Yeah, going up against a great defense, man. Um, right now the Rams to me are one of the teams uh, that I think could actually go to the Super Bowl. Wow! So this is going to be a great test for them. And we mentioned the Saints jockeying for um one of those top two seeds in the NFC playoff race in a home field game, dude. This is going to go a long way determining who might get that second seed, too. Yeah, no doubt about it, dude. Playoff implications written all over this one, dude. And like I said about the Vikings, a little bit I touched on it. Their defense, all three levels, it's it's just loaded with talent. They play so um, soundly on defense. They get after the quarterback. The linebackers plug the, the holes in the running game. The secondary punishes you, and uh, they, they just don't give up big plays. Uh, they make you earn everything. And then on the other side, you know, Case Keenum has played exceptionally well. He's been the quarterback for most of this season. And Thalen and Diggs have had exceptional seasons, their best seasons ever, at, at, you know, at this point in their careers. They lost the running back, the rookie running sensation, early in the season. But it looks like Latavius Murray is really starting to come on and uh, the other running backs contributing as well. Um, this is a team that has a lot of weapons. If Case Keenum plays mistake-free football, uh, you know, he had a spell where he threw a couple picks last week. But other than that, he's played exceptionally well. Yeah, last week over 300 yards and four touchdowns, 117 passer rating. And a little good news for the Vikings and the league in general. Teddy Bridgewater's back. Teddy B. He's sitting there ready if his number is called. 
But for Case Keenum, you hope that it's not because this guy's really warranted the opportunity yeah. to lead this Vikings team to see where they go, uh, getting close to the playoffs, uh, you know, and you mentioned the running back there. Jerry McKinnon's more of the gadget guy. You talked about Murray. He's coming on. McKinnon can do some stuff. He's got good hands out of the backfield, but hands yeah. are Adam Phelan, dude. This guy was unstoppable Woo! last week, dude. 166 yards and a touchdown, and he loves to crank it at home. He's averaging over 90 yards a game when he gets there at home. And uh, the, the defense you mentioned, too, Everson Griffin, dude. Uh, Ten sacks on the season. Your boy Harrison Smith, he's got three interceptions. Yep. This is a very well-balanced team, man. This game is going to be hella fun to watch, dude. I cannot wait. All right. Speaking of games, I know you can't wait to watch, Casey. It's a Sunday night football game, and it's the Philadelphia Eagles coming in there with their single loss, best record in the NFL, into Jera World to play your Dallas Cowboys. Philadelphia, just a three-point favorite. Remember when this line first came out, it was just Philadelphia minus one. Uh, now it's down. It's down. To, it's up to minus three. It's the Eagles at the Cowboys, dude. Yeah, dude. And if we find out that Tyron Smith and Sean Lee aren't playing, that number could um, increase, too. But let's talk about these Eagles first, man. They're just behind the Rams, scoring over 31 points a game, and they're led by Carson Wentz. Dude, this guy is having an MVP-type year. Depending on where these guys end up, you could easily see um, his name uh, called when it comes to it, dude. He's leading the NFL 23 TD passes, dude. Wow. 104 passer rating. Um, he's not making mistakes, dude, and he just extends plays, man. He'll just sit back there, and he's got a cannon, dude. He can fire that thing downfield. Um, just really, uh, you know, it's a big, tough, strong guy. My only complaint about him is he takes too many hits. He's going to have to watch that if he wants to last the year, but so far, dude, the tacklers are just bouncing off of him. And, uh, man, they have a crowded backfield, yeah. but that's a good thing for these guys. No doubt. I mean, they just brought in uh, Jay Ajayi. He, he w- was welcomed by getting a handful of touches and a score. They add him to LeGarrette Blunt. I love that physical one-two punch that that brings. The other couple of backs they have there in Clemens and Smallwood, guys that can really produce as well. It's a real dynamic room. I love, you know, I don't think Peterson's getting enough uh, love for maybe coach of the year here. The job he's done bringing Carson Wentz along as quickly as he has has done, uh, and Frank Reich at offensive coordinator there, the 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 uh, the ability for those guys to see what the quarterback sees and knows what the quarterback needs to to know to succeed yeah. they've really put Carson Wentz in a position to see he's way more mature and way further along than anyone could have imagined uh, a couple years ago when he came onto the scene uh he's got all the physical Including tools the Browns. yeah he's got all the physical tools now you said that the the running game there i love the one two tandem punch when it gets cold and they need to run the ball and move the chains late uh, uh moving forward in this season they're going to they have have the backs uh, to do that. They have the horses to to put to move those chains, man. Uh, and I'll tell you what, this Eagles team coming in here. Obviously, you mentioned it, red hot um, uh, offensively, and seven wins in a row. It is going to be a very very tough challenge for your Cowboys. Yeah, we didn't even get to the rookie Corey Clement in the backfield too. He had three TDs in Week Nine, and they're looking to hopefully get Zach Ertz back. This guy. Um, Tweak the hammy, sat out before the bye. He's had a couple weeks. If he comes back, that is bad news for the Cowboys. But speaking of the Cowboys, man, it looked completely awful last week on offense. Got that quick touchdown off the uh, the interception. It's like, hey, this is going well. <laughs> and then it just went off a cliff, dude. Mentioned it. 
Tyron Smith, if this guy's out, this line is in big trouble. Um, Byron Bell and Chaz Green weren't able to get it done at left tackle last week. They're either going to have to bring a tight end and help on that side or find someone else that can play the position because those dudes were not getting it done. Dak Prescott, dude, got sacked eight times last week. And the majority of that came from Adrian Claiborne, who was on that side, who just demolished whoever they put up at tackle. But Cowboys, part of that was because they couldn't run. They couldn't get it going. They're going to have to find a way to get that run going this week against the Eagles or it's going to be a really long game. And you flip it over. I mentioned it too. Sean Lee, man, when this dude went out um, of the game by injury, um, all the wind went out of the defensive sails. They are a different team without this guy. And uh, it looks like he's not going to be back for this one. So that is bad news for this Cowboys team. But there's still a ton of talent on both sides of the ball. And maybe getting their asses kicked last week will motivate those guys in this game. Yeah. And they they have to be highly motivated at this point. If this is their chance to still sort of be in the race for the division, if they are still in the race down uh, three games to the Eagles and, and playing the Eagles, they certainly cannot afford to drop this one. So it's a gut check game for them. It's, uh, you know, how bad do they want it? They have to come together. You mentioned uh, the, the critical injuries uh, to uh, Sean Lee on the defensive side. Uh, obviously their their defensive line has played exceptionally well. And then you go on the offensive line and the running game. I don't think that offensive line was as good as last year's offensive line. And then they take those, uh, those hits and, and suddenly they seem to be exploited. Well, this Philadelphia defense uh, can get after it too. I think they're underrated as a defense in their ability uh, to find weaknesses on offenses. So the Dallas Cowboys offense has got to short up. Like you said, they've got to find a way to add, extra bodies in there and to protect Dak because he's going to have to carry this team. Dak is going to have to play exceptionally well in order for this Cowboys team to put points on the board. I don't think you can just count on uh, the the running backs that are replacing Ezekiel Elliott to do Ezekiel Elliott's job. It's going to have everybody else, the receiving core, Jason Witten, those guys, they're going to have to pick up their games. Yeah, does Brian, baby. We need a big game out of you, bro. All right, we got one more game, Monday Night Football. It's the Atlanta Falcons at the Seattle Seahawks. Seahawks, three-point favorites at home. Dave, these are the last two NFC representatives in Super Bowl, man. Yeah, I'll tell you what, man. And this uh, this Falcons team has been kind of an enigma this year. Um, they they sort of sleptwalked. We thought, do they have a hangover? Do they not have a hangover? Here they are at 5-4. and four. They've, they've got... Uh, one game, you know, one win, one loss, one win, one loss, kind of, and uh, that they they lose the running back. Um, <coughs> excuse me, uh, Antonio Devante Freeman. Devante Freeman. I was going to go with Antonio yeah, Freeman because uh, he's on my other team. Oh, sorry. Say so you're and you're partially to blame for that. Um, but they lose him. But Te- uh, uh, Tevin Coleman picked up the slack very well uh, in in last week's game, and uh, obviously they still have. Uh, you know the 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 reigning MVP at quarterback, and they are a team that, if they put it together, could be obviously a, again a Super Bowl contender. Here, this is a pivotal game. Uh, the Seahawks always seem to kind of hang around, hang around, hang around. If you don't put them away, uh, they'll come back and beat you. And guess what? This Falcons team is kind of almost getting uh, since that obviously huge spotlight of the Super Bowl where they let that one get away. Now they seem to have that haunting them. They they don't seem to have that killer instinct where they can put teams away. And you better put away this Seahawks squad. And this Seahawks squad we talked about in the secondary, they're dinged up. Uh, 
they got to try and find a way to exploit the Legion of Boom. Yeah, dude. Um, you need a big game out of Julio for these Falcons, yep. and he's been a little banged up. Still caught pretty much everything thrown his way last week against the Cowboys. And you mentioned Tevin Coleman, dude. He's been a road warrior. Nine TDs in his past 11 games wow. on the road. He's going to have uh, a full plate there because it looks like Freeman's going to miss at least one more week with that concussion. But um, similar to the Cowboys, man, just too many good players on this team just to be hovering around mediocrity, man. Um, so if there's still time for, you know, Matt Ryan to catch those MVP vibes from last year, yeah. man, he's still got the talent to just like kind of in flux. I think they really miss Kyle Shanahan, Sark's in there. Um, this team's only av- averaging around 22 points a game on offense. So that's down a lot from last year. But, um, if they can figure out a way to just not turn the ball over, sustain drives and get, touchdowns instead of field goals they could be in this game but man that is a tough place to go play against the seahawks yeah absolutely dude seahawks at home the 12th man there the the way that stadium is configured they have such a, a incredible uh advantage there and this is a huge game I, I know these fans uh coming out to see these guys play they're gonna they're they're gonna know uh, how important it is to come out and show in force uh and then you've got the Seahawks. They make the trade at the deadline. They get the offensive lineman to try and bolster that O-line. It hasn't totally gelled yet. There's still, um, you know, Russell Wilson against the world kind of there. And now that defense is in shambles. But again, if you if, if they're able to hang around late in a football game, Russell Wilson seems to make all the plays he needs to. Uh, they, the receiving group, underrated, uh, but their performers, uh, strong, strong group. And then Jimmy Graham has been really coming all, along lately. So. Um, Seattle, right where they need to be at, at this point in the season, they've sort of uh, meandered about, but here they are, uh, and, and they can they, they can make a nice playoff push at at six and three right now. Yeah, they are one game behind the Rams, but they won that battle. They've got another game to play with them. So if the Seahawks can keep winning, man, they would much rather play at home than on the road. You mentioned Russell Wilson, dude. This guy is a maniac, leading the NFC with over twenty five hundred passing yards, and we saw it last week, man. They were just couldn't get it going, and then with the game on the line, Russell Wilson finds a way to get it done. Still no running game. With all those injuries, they're fighting to try to find it, man. Thomas Rawls should get the opportunity again this week. Um, They've had the 10 days off because of the Thursday night game last week, so hopefully they uh, get back healthy on that offensive line. And you mentioned the underrated receivers. You got Lockett and you got Richardson, but Doug Baldwin, dude, this guy's got a a chip the size of Seattle on his shoulder, man, and all he does is make huge plays uh, when it matters. And Jimmy Graham heating up. He had two TDs last week against the Cardinals. If they can start counting on major production out of him, boy, uh, things could be going in the right direction for these Seahawks. And you mentioned the Legion of Boom is down. Hopefully they're going to get uh, Earl Thomas the third back in there and got him a chancellor back there. You know it's a different team. And they still have Bobby Wagner in there. At linebacker, so still a ton of talent on this uh, Seahawks squad. Uh, this would be a huge win and keep them right in the mix of where uh, they want to go. Dude, man, this is a this is a sweet slate of games that we we just reviewed here, man. It's a lot of good action in the NFL right now as we're sort of heading towards the playoffs. Man, some awesome football. Totally, dude. These matchups, top heavy of the winningest teams in both conferences, man. This is going to be hella fun to watch. I cannot wait. 
that is going to do it for this episode of the Trend Zone. But so many ways you can check out the football radio show. Subscribe to our YouTube channel. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. And subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher Radio. The podcast is just that easy. Or if you're old school, footballradioshow.com. He's Dave. I'm Casey. Enjoy the games, people. We're out of here.